Hello, Metro Augusta. Hello, Georgia, and hello wherever you are. This is Janice Allen Jackson welcoming you to the January 31st edition of Local Matters, a show designed to make you a more confident voter and a more engaged citizen. Today's show is brought to you as a service of my consulting firm, and that is Janice Allen Jackson and Associates, where we provide services to local government and nonprofit organizations. If you've not already, please follow Local Matters on Facebook. And of course, we ask you to subscribe to our Local Matters Podcast of Georgia YouTube channel. When you follow and subscribe, you get notifications when we drop new episodes, as well as other information that we think you will find helpful on your journey to becoming a more engaged citizen. That also lets us know that you support our efforts. Today, we're going to focus on a topic that we haven't talked about in a while, and that is public education. We're going to tackle this issue of year-round school, what that means, why uh, we need to know, and how the Richmond County Board of Education is seeking your feedback. Also, um, as you start thinking about this year, I uh, had one request at the end of last year that I will reiterate today. I am looking for ministries that are doing innovative things in their communities. These can be pastors, ministry leaders, uh, directors of nonprofit organizations. Uh, I really just want to hear about some of the out of the box things that people are doing that they believe are consistent with the mission of loving their neighbor, as well as ways that they've chosen to help community and help people become more productive and contributing citizens. So if you have a recommendation for someone who is doing just that, please reach out to me either on social media. You can send something to Messenger, um, which is, of course, the Local Matters Podcast of Georgia Facebook Messenger, or you can email me. Um, my email address, Janice. Alan Jackson at gmail.com. We would love to feature and highlight those folks who are doing great things. Also, we want you to think that this is an election year. It's that time again. There are going to be a ton of things on the ballot. Qualifying begins the first week in March. Uh, so from that point on, from the next week on, we'll have candidates in from various offices to tell you why they think that you should vote for them. Again, thanks so much for being a part of our Local Matters family. Local Matters family, we are rejoined today by my favorite school board member, and that is the one that represents District 1. How are you doing today, Shonda Stovall? Good morning. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for accepting our invitation and being so uh, willing to explain to the public some of the things that are going on with our Richmond County Board of Education. Absolutely. Today, we are going to talk about year-round school. It's a concept that I know some of our surrounding counties have adopted. Maybe is it Aiken County in South Carolina? It's Aiken County. Yes, okay. ma'am. Yeah, they've already done it. And it seems like I have heard favorable responses from parents, you know, as I look online, mm -hmm. and see some of the comments, uh, they seem to be pretty supportive of the concept and have enjoyed the change. 
and we know recently that you all are also considering that so we just kind of want to get into that issue and um if you can just explain for us we will leave this um interview with an understanding for our public sort of they understand a little bit better about what it is what factors to be considered and what you all's process is going to be from here so we're ready to go yes ma'am absolutely all right great um first off trustee and yes school board members are officially trustees so trustee overall what is your round school because i think people have some misconceptions about what that really means well, actually, the first misconception is that is a year around school. It is not school for 12 months. It is the same um, amount of days as the option that we are in now um, that we have started in August um, and getting out in May. It's the same number of days. They're just broken up differently. So a lot of the concerns that people have was that their summer would be short. Is summers going 10 weeks to seven and a half with the option two, which is the altered year round school? It's called altered for a reason because it's not one complete cycle of year, it's not a one fiscal year, it's not one calendar year. It's 180 to 190 days, depending on if there are any makeup days for weather and things of that nature. Um, so what happens is that there are two week intervals. Um, every uh, nine weeks into it. And for those first two weeks, the students and some of the concerns that people have had was, you know, students won't uh, won't be able to make up and they won't be able to, the first week of those two weeks, if there are any students that are lagging behind, they are then allowed to come to school to make up any work that they're missing. And so people's concern is this overworking teachers. The teachers won't be working any more during that time than the teachers who do summer school. They're going to be paid for that time. Um, the, the administration has suggested either hourly pay or their salary pay during that time, just like they're paid for summer school. Any teacher that works summer school is paid. Like nobody thinks about that their teachers work in summer school that are missing out on summers, that are missing out on their breaks because they're working summer school and they're not working the summer schools for free. So it's the same concept. However, what I've, what I've found in researching this and looking up different is that those two weeks off are usually an incentive for students to get the work done because nobody wants to spend that first week in school while their friends are out enjoying their week off and only have a week off for school. So what I found in looking at research, and especially in Aiken County, talking with some parents and some teachers over in Aiken County, um, and looking at surrounding counties in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, and Tennessee, they offered some alternate schedules of, of schooling like what we're considering. And studies have shown that students perform better with this type of schooling because the information retention is better. Now, let me also say, my explanation of this is not a for or against either one of these. It is not a for or against either one of these. It is just correcting misinformation that's being put out. This will not cause any more strain on transportation than we already have. 
it's the same number of days of school. They're just broken up differently. Also, with testing, students are still going to be tested to state standards. They're not going to miss out on any learning. They're not going to change the curriculum to adjust to this calendar. What it does allow is for teachers to have a little bit more time if they want to take their time planning. This also takes out asynchronous days. So a lot of parents have said asynchronous days don't work. We don't like it. Get rid of it. This option and option two gets rid of asynchronous days. Help me. Help me. It's been a while since I was a parent. What is what is asynchronous days? What does the learn at home days, the e-learning days. Um, so the learn at home days usually follow a holiday. It's either gonna be that Friday or that Monday. If the holiday is that Friday, they're usually do asynchronous on that Monday. Um, to kind of give you like a four-day weekend. Uh, if it's on that Monday, then asynchronous is usually that Friday. So it usually kind of follows a holiday, or sometimes we'll put one in to allow for PL days for certain teachers. Um, so this takes out. Parents have said, we don't like asynchronous. It does. I don't think my child has benefit from it. So this takes out asynchronous days. Now, it also removes the... Um, Mondays after the masters. It also, it, the students will have to be back in school that Monday after masters. And we know that masters week here in Augusta is huge. We have parents, some teachers, but especially our students that work at the masters and during the masters. And that Monday after the masters is a little. So it is one, that is one of the things that's in there. Um, the holidays. They'll get a week in uh, option one. They still get that week for um, uh, Thanksgiving. Excuse me. That's an option two. They'll get a week for Thanksgiving. And in option one, they'll get the three, four days like they currently get now. Um, Christmas time. The Christmas vacation won't change too much. Summer will end um, like I said, it's seven and a half weeks instead of the 10 weeks. But you do have those two weeks intervals and break times in between. And like you said, the parents and the and the teachers that I've spoken with in our neighboring counties, you know, they first said at first, yeah, we weren't too sure, but they absolutely love it. I've had one or two parents that said, yeah, no, I'm kind of, I kind of wish we'll go back. But sometimes what I want parent challenge parents to think about is, What's best for your child? And I know sometimes as adults, we look at the convenience for us and the convenience for our schedule and our work schedule and things like of that. But this will not interfere with too much um, with your schedule, your daily schedule. For those two weeks, there are child care centers that are offering. There are people that are, are offering for babysitters and things of that nature. Um, there'll be programs. I mean, I've heard some nonprofits say they'll be offering, they're looking to start some um, camps. If those, if those things happen, if the alternate year round happen, I've heard nonprofits say that they're willing to offer camps during those two weeks so that parents will have alternative. It's a community initiative. If just like these programs adjust to our um, regular school schedule that we're in now, they're also willing to adjust to the altered 
school schedule if we adopt it. Yeah, and I, I think that that really is important because the after school providers and the summer camp type providers, I mean, they work around whatever the school system schedule is, be it the YMCA other other nonprofits. Now that master's week thing, you know, that might be a problem because I remember during my daughter's senior year in high school, I, I think it was senior year, um, she was working out there and they had rain most mm -hmm. of the week. They actually had to work on that Monday. Yeah. That, that was the rain day and she, she had to go in because the weather was just terrible that particular tournament year. Yep. So that's, that's, um, the, that's one of the biggest drawbacks is that it took away Monday after Masters. But even even when we pointed that out in the January board meeting, um, the administration said that they were willing to consider putting it back in there. You know, consider putting it back, putting that Mondays after the Masters back in on the schedule, even if option two is chosen. They are willing to work with the schedule. It's not a hard no schedule. Um, Dr. Bradshaw, Dr. Cobb, Mr. Dunson, they have said that they're willing to reconsider if mm -hmm. option two is chosen, that they're willing to reconsider adding some things in and taking some things out. For those parents that do um, like asynchronous days, maybe one of the options would be asynchronous learning sometimes. So there's, it's not a hard set in stone um, setup. The administration is, is willing to work around what the community needs. Okay. And, and now, and as you talk about the options, um, tell us a little bit more about the poll that you all are conducting, where they can find it, who needs to complete the poll, et cetera. And then tell us a little bit more about um, yes. the options. Everybody needs to complete the poll. Um, we are asking students to weigh in. We are asking teachers to weigh in. We're asking administrators, any staff member of Richmond County School System, parents, community members, all of our stakeholders. We're asking everybody to complete this survey and weigh in. There's an explanation of option one, option two, and you get to choose and write your comments. Um, it's located on our Richmond County School System website and Facebook page, and you have until the end of February to fill it out. After the end of February, they'll gather it, look at all the comments, look at all the votes, and then they'll bring it back to the board, um, the results and the findings. And we're looking at about March for that, maybe as early as March to bring it in, or maybe April. We don't know what the public is going to say. And just because it it may not be in favor of one or the other. We will always look at one, you know, the options that we have. Now, one of the biggest key factors of voices that we want to hear from is the teachers, administrators, and the students. That's who we really want to hear from because they're the ones in the classrooms, in the schools, on the front line. We want to hear from the parents, too, because the parents have a voice in this. We want to hear from the community because the community have a voice in this. But those teachers' voices, those administrator voices, those students' voices, those voices weigh heavy. And we want everybody everybody if you have an interest of any kind in richmond county we want you to go online go to um rcboe.org find the survey the survey should be on the front page 
and click the survey and take it. It takes maybe less than five minutes for you to read through. Now, some of you may take your time to read through to get a full understanding, study the calendars that's presented in there, and then make your choice. Okay. All right. Excellent. So you want to get as much public input as possible. The yes. link is on your website, yes. school system website. And I also and on our Facebook on page. On Facebook page. Okay. And uh, Local Matters Family, we're going to try to include the links in our description. For those of you who listen to the podcast version in, in the description, we're going to include the link as well. So um, you're trying to get as much input as possible through the end of February. Um, and then the board will get the results in March and you all will deliberate at that time. Um, when could this possibly go into effect? Do you think it would go into effect for the upcoming school year or would it probably no, be delayed? 2025, 2026. 25, 26. Okay. Yes, so we don't. All right. Yes, um, I'm sure it takes some time to rearrange all it that. It does. It change everything so. around and shift things over. Yeah. Um, I also want to ask just generally so people understand how policy gets made. When you are considering ideas like this, where do they come from? I mean, where, where did this idea uh, originate? It's the, it's the school administration. So what most people don't know is that it is the superintendent that runs the day-to-day -day operation. It's the superintendent and his administration that is running the show, that's running the company. If we look at the school system like a company, they're the ones that are... They're the, they're the professional educators. They're the ones that are looking at educational norms, the educational standards, curriculum from Godot, things of that nature. The board members are policymakers based on what the administration presents to us. We're not the ones that go out and find these things and say, hey, do this, hey, run it like that. No, that is the superintendent's job to run the school system and make decisions and set up the school system as he or she believes will work best according to the vision and mission that they've set forward. However, it is the school board's responsibility to either vote for or vote against anything that the superintendent and his staff brings to us. We can either approve it or deny it. And normally what happens with that is we listen to our public. We listen to our administration. We see, we, and then we make the best decision that we feel falls in line with what we would like to have happen uh, for our students. Our mission is to create globally competitive students. If we want to have globally competitive students, we got to be able to keep up with what's happening globally. And if we're talking about things and discussing things that only keeps us inside of our little bubble, then sometimes we ill prepare our students. And so it is the superintendent's and his cabinet's job to bring these things to us. Now, board members do voice their concerns. Board members do say, hey, we see a lot of this going on. Can we look into this? But by law, we're policymakers. We're the ones that set the policies and the standards for how the system should be operated. But we're not the ones that operates the school system. Right, right. And of course, I could write a dissertation on that topic. 
because local government is supposed to operate the same way. Um, and I haven't talked to many of my superintendent friends about how that's playing out for them. But I know on the local government side, a lot of times folks don't understand or don't want to understand that separation right. between policy making and day-to-day -day operational issues. Right. So thanks for clarifying that uh, from your standpoint, because again, that helps people understand how this works. So staff, superintendent, his cabinet, other staff people brought this idea to the board for you all's consideration. And now you're doing your due diligence to figure out if you believe that this is something that really is in the best interest of the students that you serve. Yes, I am. Yes, okay. Um, I heard you say something else I want to follow up on. You said you have done some research, not just in the Augusta area, but some other states as well. Yes, so this would imply then that there are many other places that have adopted these types of year-round schedules. Yes, ma'am. So I first started in Aiken, reached out to a colleague that's on the Aiken board to ask about, you know, their statistics, what they've seen so far, um, things of that nature. And they've only started in July uh, of last year. They started theirs in July, but it has been well received. So in, I want to say McCormick, South Carolina, um, there's a school system there that operates on the altered uh, year-round school. So, and I think it's just easy for people to say year-round school, then altered year-round. And when you hear year-round, we automatically think 12 months, but it's not a year-round school. There is a significant break in between the finish and the start of school. So for us, it would be seven and a half weeks. I just, you know, took the, took the time to fully understand it. Um, to try to understand both sides, like we're used to option one, we're, we're operating in option one right now. And so for myself, I wanted to see what would option two look like? What could it look like if Richmond County was to adopt it? If Richmond County was to um, bring this on in the 25-26 school year, what could it look like? What have happened um, with these school systems there was a school system in Tennessee that saw a tremendous improvement in one um, behavior and uh, testing scores, grades and testing scores. Um, I What I put in was looking for was school districts across the country that had altered year-round schools that had demographics close to Richmond County. Um, because I don't want to compare Richmond County to a school in New York. Right. That wouldn't be fair. I would want to compare Richmond County to cities and counties that look like us based on demographics, cost of living, um, educational um, opportunities and the like. And so from what I've read, it, it seems to be a favorable thing. Again, let me add the caveat that my statements are not for or against anything. Huge part of it is based on what our community says. And okay. so that is the fine line that even though I'm looking this stuff up and even though I'm going, this may work, I believe it could work in Richmond County. I believe we have the capabilities to think outside the box, offer a different approach because our test scores has already gone up. 
Um, our grades has already gone up. Our SAT scores have already improved. Maybe Dr. Bradshaw and his staff are onto something and trying to find something different to be different. Like I always think in order to get something different, we can't do the same thing. And we're continuously doing the same thing, but expecting different results. We got to be different and do different to get different. Exactly. Exactly. So as you consider this, sounds like you're, you're going to factor in the input that you get from parents, students, staff and community. Um, yes. You're going to factor in what you've discovered in your own research as you looked at some other more similar communities that have done this. And um, you're going to factor in how you think it can improve student performance and student success. I'll say that's, that's Shonda's approach to it. Yeah. As a resident of District 1, I appreciate that. Is there anything else that is going to be on your mind as you weigh uh, your decision on this issue? No, um, you know, I really, I really, really, I'm hearing a lot from the parents. Um, I have a few teachers that have reached out and, you know, voiced their opinion, yay or nay. Um, I'm really interested to hear what our students have to say. Um, our students, I, you know, sometimes as adults, we don't give our kids enough credit for just how intelligent they are, just how um, independent thinking that they are. Our students are the ones that, and, I, and I'll say this, they're the reason why I go back and look up stuff and look at other stuff, because it's normally our students that will email me to say, you know, they're citing sources and based on this record here and based on this case here. I had a student to contact me citing case law <laughs> on, on a policy that we have. And I so appreciate it. And I was just like, Dr. B, I, we, we probably need to discuss this. You know, I took it to our president and our superintendent say, we probably need to discuss this because our students are watching. And, and they're taking charge of their education. So I'm really interested to see what our students are going to have to say about this. Our students and our teachers are going to have to say about this. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So um, a lot to consider. You still got some time before the decision will be made, but you yes. really invite everybody in the area to go ahead and complete that, that survey. Please. Please go complete the survey. Don't let a few voices, if you have an opinion one way or the other, again, none of my comments is to sway anybody to one side or the other. I haven't made up my mind yet. I'm still looking and researching and reading and, and all of that. But if you have an opinion one way or the other, if you're yay for option two or yay for option one, don't let your voice go unheard. Go fill out the survey and make sure that you've had the opportunity to voice your opinion. Okay. Um, one other question I'm going to ask and then we'll close out. Are there any other major issues that the school board is considering now that you want us as community members to pay particular attention to? No major issues, but I will challenge um, everyone. Um, we are, uh, every school is launching their PTA and PTOs back up, those that don't have it. 
Um, it is the initi initiative of this administration to bring back PTAs and PTOs. I want to challenge every parent, please join your school's PTA and PTO and stay involved with your child's education. I don't care what grade they're in. I don't care what school that they're at. Just by being a member of the PTA and PTO, you are actively participating. You are voting. You are voicing your opinion to your school what you feel is best, and how to be involved with your child's education. Please consider joining your school's PTA and PTO. And if they don't have one, please consider urging them to go ahead and stand theirs up. Okay. All right. Thank you for that, that um, advice, because I think you're absolutely right about how important it is to have some parental involvement in that. So thanks so much for joining the family today to give us a little absolutely. insight Thank you for having me. to that issue. And um, we wish you well as you Thank make your decision. I close with my favorite Bible verse. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. This show is designed to contribute to each of those, giving you the power that comes with knowledge, demonstrating love for your local community, and offering you wisdom for decision-making so that you possess a sound mind when it comes to these topics. Please tune in next Wednesday at 1.30 p.m. or Thursday at 7 p.m. here on 103.7 FM or 1600 AM. Or please go to SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts at any time because local matters. <laughs>